probably start out the episode by welcoming all of our new listeners that that have joined the fray since i went viral um well yeah i mean there's a, there's a couple new listeners we might actually have um our crossover thousands with, potentially with thousands. las paritas imprudentes went really well and um thanks for all the really nice feedback on that but more importantly yes more important than than, than cultural relevance and discussing race and the notion of white guilt Miguel went viral on Twitter. I went viral, people. It finally happened. Again. I did it. I broke through. This is my biggest tweet since I called Pete Buttigieg a twink. <laughs> and this one is also so, for something homophobic, if I'm not incorrect. It sucks, honestly. I don't like going viral. It's not fun. I, I, got, a, Dude, a whole, I got a whole lot of libs in my replies, and then I got even more annoying conservatives in my replies. A few of them DM'd me. To be like, hey, I just want a real debate here. <laughs> I was like, this is Twitter, you yeah. moron. What are you talking about? <laughs> Go join debate club, you fucking nerd. Do you want to actually like say what the tweet was instead of just talking around it? I just said that we spent more on the F-35 than it would cost to house all the homeless people for like 150 years or some shit. Um, and like nearly all of the student debt in the US. I and people just really went after me. They were like, homeless people... They want to be homeless. Why are you talking about housing them? And I'm like, I I didn't even say they didn't want to be homeless. I was just giving you an idea of how much money it was. So Miguel did some simple math and it fucking libs got pissed. Conservatives got pissed. Danny, did you see a simple math? Did you get mad? Uh, no, I did not get mad. I got glad <laughs> for uh, my boy uh, breaking through. And I feel like for all the... Um, for all the liberals saying oh well you know you're just not giving biden a chance or whatever they need to remember that if trump had if this had happened under a trump administration they would be pulling their fucking hair out and the conservatives like who cares i just want an honest debate no you don't all your arguments are in bad faith fuck off most of the people that i saw were um people also dunking on the u.s military industrial complex for being a complete fucking failure um so yeah you know, you you gotta not let the haters uh, block your shine here, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know, I muted it because it, I just couldn't handle the notifications anymore. But, uh, but maybe we got some listeners from it. I don't know. If we did, they're gonna be really disappointed, because everybody that followed me from it had, like, you know, Biden-Harris as their, like, banner photo on Twitter. So, I don't know if they're gonna be fans of us in general or this episode in specific but before we get to our boy biden we should talk about the return of our old boy our favorite big wet president jimmy carter Donald trump finally <laughs> jimmy carter <laughs> yeah uh trump finally made his first like public comments since leaving the white house at cpac yesterday um did you guys get a chance to watch him so i watched the first 20 minutes he spoke for a fucking hour and a half um and after about 20 minutes i feel like i got it um he got extra xenophobic was really seasoning that in there that was that was interesting back on his bullshit yeah that's um, a that's an old uh that's that's vintage yeah. 2017 trump 
Yeah, he was he was playing like some of the older bangers early on. Um, so like immediately he talked about how successful the wall was. When you know we know that most illegal immigration happens with people overstaying their visas, not actually physically crossing the border. And he just talked about how like the five hundred miles or whatever <laughs> where the wall was built was super effective and it kept everybody out. And he would um, accuse children of crossing illegally and becoming these like heinous illegal uh, aliens, while also saying that their victims are being trafficked by the horrible rapists <laughs> that were also taking them across the border. Um, and then of course, you know, he went into the Kung flu, um, like right after that, because nice. you got to follow up why the Mexicans are bad by the Kung flu. Um, and that was all in like the first 20 minutes. And after that, it's like, at first he started talking about like numbers. He's like, we're, we're so effective. We're like, you have 98% approval rating, which I don't think is true. And, and I missed them for a second. And then he got hyper xenophobic and I was like, all right, I think I got this. Dan, did you watch anything? So yeah, once... I prepped for this episode about half an hour ago, and I saw that the speech was an hour and a half long, which I don't know why I expected anything else. So what I did instead was I read uh, Chris Saliza's 50 Most Ridiculous Trump Lies, <laughs> and he broke it down. It was, you know, just I like, I had that. 102% approval oh, rating. You guys don't know. And, the, yeah. and, and Chris Saliza's comment was always like, um, no, you didn't. Um, what? What is this guy smoking? Um, the best one was, um, he said that windmills never work. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that, that was one got, a, actually, the windmills, from, the windmills, they never work when you want them to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which God only knows what he thinks he's referring to in that sentence. Cause I know, um, he's, his, his confusion about a lot of different things has led him to say, like, his basic lack of understanding of how things work. Like, I think, you know, people are like, oh, his speech are like, make sure to like shit on renewable windmills. Like, we're all oil, all gas, like whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, electric windmills, windmills. What do windmills do? They spin around, they spin around, and they killed, they killed the birds. His thing was always that like birds <laughs> are birds, dying. Yeah. Birds that he does not give a yeah. shit about are dying because of fucking uh, windmill related activities. But I thought the some interesting takeaways. Communism. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that was my. My least favorite Chris Saliza line was um, uh, when Trump said the Democrats want to bring socialism to the United States. Uh, Chris Saliza's gotcha was actually um, Biden says he's not a socialist. Here's a specific incidence of Biden saying that he actually beat the socialists and therefore America will never be a socialist country. So checkmate, Mr. Trump. Or like uh, or like when Trump, like you mentioned, Nick, uh, you were like or Trump was like, um, we built 500 miles of wall. Chris Liz was like, they only built 80, actually, owned. And it's like, shut the fuck up, you tiresome piece of shit. I mean, but 500 along the southern border is nothing either. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my, it's so, yeah, because like, right away he brings up the communist thing. He's like, this has already been the biggest disaster of like any Democrat in their first month of office. Um, Like, we're on, we're on route to a communist um, regime. Like, it always goes there. It always goes to communism. First off, it's never gotten close to communism. Yeah. Even like the the communist countries aren't close to communism. So it's like it's literally never actually got to communism. And here we can't even get like just 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 somewhat even like extra liberal things. We're passed. still wading in the waters of fascism. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're a long ways off from from but, communist island. But that's just hilarious like saying that like Biden is is leading us anywhere towards socialism. So like that 50 the top 50 things that you were talking about Dan when he goes, oh, no, he's actually said he's not socialist. Open your fucking eyes. 
Like, he's clearly not socialist. That's what they do, though, right? And the Democrats play that game every single time. They're accused of being a communist or socialist. They're like, well, no, actually, you know, we enacted this policy that you guys exactly wanted. Then they still screech socialism and farther right shift, farther right shift. But like, actually, we hate healthcare too. Yeah, literally. Well, they say they say they can't. They say they can't support Medicare for all or something because then Republicans will call them socialists. It's like, buddy, they're already doing that. But uh. Early on, when he walked out, when Trump walked out on the CPAC stage, and he was like, you missed me? Well, the first thing he did was hug the flag, which is a great throwback oh. to one of his, the best moments of his presidency, hugging the American flag. Uh, so, really, that brought, like, a tear to my eye. But from that, from then on, just, like, his heart's not in it anymore. No. Say, he was not saying this stuff with conviction. He really phoned it in, and it was, uh, it was sad to see, and I don't know what this means for the future of Trumpism in the Republican Party. He clearly has a stranglehold on on the party's base, but I don't know. He just didn't really seem like he was that into it. Maybe it's because the crowd was too small. He was in a hotel instead of, you know, in a fucking stadium. But yeah, it, it wasn't impressive. It wasn't scary. It wasn't impressive. It didn't really tell you anything about the state of the Republican Party that we didn't already know. Um a real a real disappointment, I'd say. Uh, kind of the reveal that, A, he may run again, which, I mean, we'll see how much energy he has in four years. He already looks significantly shittier. Did you see that picture of him golfing? He looks yeah, bad. Um, he looks bad. And, uh, but he looked bad during the speech, too. Yeah, no, low energy, uh, low T. He's not looking good. He looked like Jeff And then Bush he said he's not going to start a new party. He's not going to split away from the Republican Party. So, um, yeah. That bummed me out. I, I wanted my Freedom Party. Come on. I really wanted him to do that, too. But I don't. I think it was unreasonable to think that he was going to do that when he already owns the Republican Party's base. So he's just going to do what he did, which is blacklist Republicans. He, he just said, like, Liz Cheney. He went on a uh, tear, the, Mitt Romney. Kinzinger and stuff. Anybody yeah. anybody who voted against him or whatever. And it's funny because he actually said in his speech that the problem today is the Republican Party is so divided while the Democrats are united. And that's the <laughs> issue that's facing the party. It, it's hilarious because it's literally the complete opposite. The Republicans are very, very cohesive. They were 100% behind Donald Trump until the last week of his presidency like all of them were behind him and he's like no we're crazy divided because what like 14 republicans voted to impeach me who all basically have the same politics as moderate democrats and who are all very unpopular within the republican voting base so it's like no one gives a shit about Mitt romney anymore and the democratic party is right now in a, a state of just like crisis because they can't they can't seem to unite uh, the Senate's fucked. They can't seem to get all 50 which of, we'll the, get of the senators to agree on anything, yeah. which, yeah, we'll get to now. But, Joe Manchin's the, the um, most powerful person in government right now. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it a... It was fun to see that, but overall... It, it it's nice to, that I don't have to hear Trump like constantly like with these types of speeches that are just like bloviating bullshit. At his rallies, he could be a little fun. But this kind of these kind of speeches, not good. Uh, but did you watch any other of the CPAC speeches? Yeah, I watched Ted Cruz get on his fucking knees oh. for Trump. Like, oh my god, what yeah. a pathetic little He'll man! He'll probably win Just again. Just fucking pathetic. 
oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He, I mean, he's setting himself up to be the successor of Trumpism. He wants to run after Trump because he couldn't beat Trump. So instead of standing up to the guy who called his wife ugly and his dad and uh, the guy, the man who assassinated JFK, instead of standing up to Donald Trump, like Ted Cruz has just gone full Trump. And like at CPAC, he was like, the media, the liberals, the socialists, they all want Donald Trump to go away. Let me tell you, Donald J. Trump isn't going anywhere. And the crowd's on their feet. And it's like... Seems like he went somewhere recently. Away from somewhere, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, also, also, like, Ted Cruz was insinuating that um, there isn't anybody in Texas that would actually protest, like, right-wing politics because, the, like, those hard-ass Texans um, are so into the Second Amendment, yeah. basically threatening anybody on the left or Democrats with shooting them. It's like, pal... Your whole state just went to a grinding halt. Your guns didn't fucking help It went you. to a grinding halt because the temperatures drop below 30 degrees, and you're like, Texans are hard-ass motherfuckers. It's like, um, you, you literally die if the temperature drops below freezing. So let's relax with the frontiersman attitude here. Hard because deregulation literally froze their blood and their muscles, so they can't move. Yes. I'll say, uh... Big highlight for me of the Trump speech was when he started talking about the the vaccination and the wonderful companies who are making the vaccination. Uh, he dropped my favorite thing for him to say in his voice and cadence, which is Johnson and Johnson. Oh, man, that just gets <laughs> me. That just warms. Oh, the vaccine being developed by Johnson and Johnson. Oh, I love it. And I'm and I'm sure he took credit for that too. It's I do want to say that. At the start, like, Trump is obviously very bitter that the vaccine rollout has been happening under the Biden administration when most of them were developed under his administration. And he's clearly pissed about that because he wants the credit. I, I will say that when Pfizer developed their vaccine, the media, including, like, CNN and all, you know, these, like, outlets that ostensibly don't like Trump— they were all reporting like this is a huge success of you know the operation what what was it called like jumpstart whatever the fuck it was warp called speed. warp speed operation warp speed they were like clearly this worked and it's like um the UK and China and maybe Switzerland like all of these other countries have developed vaccines in the same exact amount of time so it really wasn't a great policy success it was just that they realized there's a lot of money in making a vaccine and some some uh pharmaceutical companies that had nothing to do with operation warp speed it developed it in the exact same amount of time so he's bitter but he shouldn't be because it, it wasn't the government's success story here it was literally private industry realized they could make a ton of money off of it in the U.S. specifically, and so they developed a vaccine. And then once they passed on the torch to the government to distribute the vaccine, they face-planted immediately and continue to face-plant. <laughs> yes, plant. So, exactly. I mean, it is yes. what it is. I mean, is. today I got, I, got, I got loaded up with the Pfizer vaccine today. That's right. I'm so fucking excited. It's, oh, my it's God. Feeling, it dude? made my neck hurt for 20 minutes. It was That's weird. Bill Gates, baby. It he's Bill in Ga there. There's the microchips in my neck. He's I have a lot of beef you. in my neck. Though, you're getting, so maybe... you're, you are being tracked right yeah, now. I mean, dude, if as long as it can't like track my blood alcohol level, like it's fine. They're going to control your thoughts. Are you vibrating at an incredibly I mean, high frequency? I feel like it. I feel, I feel vibrato right nice, now. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I was super happy to get it. And, um, like the rollout here in Wisconsin, actually, like the past month has been. Really solid. Wisconsin has vaccinated over a quarter of its eligible population. Yeah. So so people who are eighteen or older. Um. So that's 
we're doing really fucking well. And, like the way they had it set up today was so easy to get. Um, I, I fucking loved it. I already have my next appointment for Pfizer too. I'm ready to be at a bar. I'm ready to fucking mouth breathe on people. So I be ready for me. I wanted to bring this up briefly because go back, check the record. You know, I was right about COVID from the fucking beginning. I said people were being really unrealistic about it. The shutdown talk was complete nonsense. I was right. It was nonsense. COVID's not going away. It's a fucking infectious uh, disease virus that is transmitted through, you know, breathing. You, you gotta breathe it. Fuck. Wubby. Sorry, Wubby pulled out my earpiece, and now he's standing on the cord. He does not want me to talk about this. He's a COVID truther. Wubby, why are um, you censoring my co-host? <laughs> is, is Wubby microchip too? Um, so I was, I was right. And people were being, people were being way too optimistic about what staying at home for like a month could do to the numbers to now it's the opposite now i'm like a covid optimist and i think people are being crazy unrealistic about what the future is going to be like where people are like we're gonna lose a whole summer again i don't even know if we'll be good by fall it's like if as long as the sensitive groups or the at-risk groups are vaccinated, you really don't have to freak out this much. It's not necessary. That was the problem. Over two-thirds of hospitalizations were from people above the age of 65. Yeah. Like, that's if if you get that group vaccinated alone, you're looking at almost like you're you're gonna have very few deaths. And the hospitals are not going to be anywhere near overwhelmed and patients will be able to get the treatment they want and probably recover. So I think that by summer, you you will not be able to make any sort of economic or health-based argument against just like a full reopening of like all businesses yeah. that, that want to, obviously. You can't do, force a business open, but... Do you think it's just because like this is another thing that people can't morally grandstand with now? It's absolutely, that's what it is. It's become a morally grandstanding thing. Like, oh, I, I am I the only one that hasn't been seeing friends? It's like, that's on you. I don't know. Fucking don't be an idiot. Be careful. Do you go grocery shopping where you're exposing yourself to 50 strangers? That's way more dangerous than having a friend over that you trust. Like... It's not I, I'm making the, the moral grandstanding has been ridiculous. And you're right, Nick. It's become just a virtue signaling device. Like everything. Just like every, like everything. Everything in American cultural we, memory. It's the only way it's the only way we can process anything uh, is, is to make it into a virtual signal, a virtue signaling opportunity. Actually, watching um, WandaVision is incredibly brave. And you guys should respect my <laughs> IQ for thinking that this scene is really important. What is grief if not love persevering? Or something like that. Who gives a shit? I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch it. I don't watch that. Super. I, I've bullshit. heard that WandaVision's okay. That I, I'm not, I haven't watched it. Don't fucking peer at me with those goddamn eyes, dude. I didn't even look at you. You peered through my goddamn soul. I mean, like, I don't know. If quick little side tangent about superhero movies, I just feel like okay, your main like the, the superhero movies that used to be like, oh, Iron Man, he's like zipping around and having fun. Like superhero movies are always kind of like uh, a signal of uh, desperation, you know, that we need to go to these stupid like the uh, there was an Iranian, uh, I think someone in the military or government who was like, we can't strike back when they killed Suleimani because all America's heroes are imaginary. Like we're not going to kill Spider-Man yep. and SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, so it's always just kind of like a state of complete desperation when superheroes are uh, dominating and like expected to be like the virtue of all. But like. 
because that has been our uh, main mode of communicating like big blockbuster stories that everyone consumes. Now they've just like genre broken down to the point that like the two main superhero vehicles right now are a show, which every episode parodies a different sitcom and a four hour uh, epic uh, film, which is going to suck ass of a film that everyone hated. That is four (laughs) hours long and every character is a Jesus metaphor. Like you need to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know. I keep thinking the superhero I, genre will die, but it never. I would fucking love does. to do. I hope it does. I would love to do a case in a couch special where we like watch Justice League. Um, and we should one hundred percent do that. Like a watch and have like a watch along. I'll do that. I mean, because yeah, that'd be hilarious. We, we could have done it with fucking Wonder Woman, which was one of the most atrocious things I've ever. I will never I've watch that movie. Put myself through, but. Uh, have you read uh, White Fragility? White. I can't say it out loud. <laughs> White Fragility yet? Well, wait. What have you heard about the white fragility scandal? Wait, what? Hit the scandal? No, no, hit me. The author of White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo, a, a a white woman. She, uh, well, she's Italian, so I guess she's a person of color. Hey, <laughs> she. It was revealed that when she spoke at the University of Wisconsin, go back. Like I think it was like recent. Um, that. Her the the other speaker at the event who was a black woman was paid like like forty percent less than than what Robin D'Angelo was paid, and she was asked about it because there's lines in her book that are like you know white silence is violence if whites don't talk about this unfairness then they're complicit in it. When she was when the media reached out to her for a comment she was like no no comment I have nothing to say about this so. Turns out Robin D'Angelo is canceled. That's pretty funny. So you don't you you don't have to read uh, White Fragility anymore. Thank because fucking it God. was written by a, it was written by a canceled woman of yeah. color, a, a sea walk. Who is the forward by Rachel Dolezal? <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say? I said who is the forward by Rachel Dolezal? Oh, I thought you were gonna say who was the. Who was the actual woman of color who spoke at oh, University yeah, of Wisconsin? Dolezal. It was Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> she was talking about that uh, fucking she was funny. talking about discrimination against certain hair types in in corporate America. It was oh my god! It was the I'm... single most cancelable event in Wisconsin history. <laughs> Scott Walker speaking events have seen less cancellations. <laughs> I'll say like if if B Pio if. B-I-P-O-C stands for um, Black and Indigenous People of Color. Then C-I-W-O-C stands for Canceled Italian Woman of Color. <laughs> Shouts out to all we my Seawalks out there. We need more representation. We need more representation from the Seawalks. I, I just remember I was like 20, 21 when Rachel Dolezal like, came out. And I don't want to think about what my thoughts were about that. The Rachel Dolezal thing was super. It, that's one that of the. Crazy. That's one of the funniest things that has like ever happened on the internet. Casey in the Couch so would have been great good. during those times. I love her. I think Rachel Dolezal is a fucking <laughs> hero. Like how that is so fucking funny. She was unrepentant. She was just like I identify as black, so actually I am a black woman. And it's just like that's amazing. Which that's did so challenge good. every like everything, it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it was so good. I'm uh, a Taiwanese guy so. who's been pretending to be Irish for my entire life. It's ended up pretty yeah. good for me. Thank you, Rachel. But like, but also she wasn't doing it like Elizabeth Warren was doing it to get like admission to fucking yeah. Harvard, and so that like, and so she could like get elected easier. Like she was using it for her personal advantage. 
Rachel Dolezal used it so she could be the head of the local chapter of the NAACP. Like, she was literally just trying to help other, well, help colored people in general, because she's not one of them, but she viewed it as, I'm trying to help my own kind here, people of color. And she wasn't, it didn't seem like she was actually, like, taking advantage of, like, the lie, really. She was just trying to advance her people's cause. She's just an incredibly crazy person, and you gotta respect that where you see it. Yeah. Absolutely. Her, but her becoming the leader of, like, the Washington chapter of the NAACP without most people knowing she wasn't black is kind of wild. It is funny, but, I mean, the NW, the chair, the national chair of the NAACP was a white person for, like, I think, like, over a decade. Are they so. canceled? Um, the no, <laughs> that's just, uh, it was just, like, he's a good leader. But, um, okay. all right, we should now probably switch gears here. We were too positive there, talking about Rachel Dolezal and COVID and stuff. It's for you, Ryan. We should talk about uh, our current president, Mr. Joe Biden. I, th- I have I have a few items that I want to go through. Holiday in, in Damascus. For him. So the first one, yes. The first one is Biden has finally become president because he bombed a Middle Eastern country. So very brave. Woo! Welcome, welcome to the club, Joe. He welcome did to it. the club. Libs rejoice. Wonderful. He's one of you. He he ran a lot of a lot of his campaigning in terms of foreign policy was I got our boys out of Iraq and into Syria because that was his that was uh that was his whole role under Obama, which didn't actually happen. I mean, they did get a lot of troops out, but it's because it was a deal brokered under Bush. But so also a lot not of troops the came vice home. president's job, whatsoever, goddamn ever in any regard. Right. I mean, he he was put in charge of it by oh, really? Obama. Yeah, he was supposed to like lead it. It was failed because they ended up doing the exact plan that Bush had negotiated, and also it led it directly led to the rise of ISIS. So it it wasn't it, it, at no level was it a success. <laughs> but he uh, he he used that a lot in his campaigning, and he talks about it a lot as like one of his great successes in his foreign policy experience. And then we bombed Syria because Iranian assets were launch- lobbing missiles into Iraq from there, lobbing missiles at Americans in Iraq. Your campaign point was that you got Americans out of Iraq, and then you become president and you bomb third country because they were hurting americans in iraq it's like what the fuck i mean that's but that's welcome to the club yeah he's finally a member the the mystification and the obfuscation of like okay iran bombed american base in iraq so we bombed iranian base in syria it just kind of like the weapons trade between the United States, most developed countries, in fact, and the Middle East is just as complicated as the pattern in which we bomb the Middle East. It's like we're trading weapons and using them in rapidly mystifying and confusing ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do to be president. That's, that's yeah. what it's like to be it, a Democrat well, it was, at the it seat was of also, empire. It was also Iranian-backed like militias operating in... In Syria, they were Syrians, but they were being backed by the Iranians, and they were bombing Americans who are left over in Iraq. 
And it's like, here's a solution. Just get the fuck out of there. Like, what 100%. Do you do? We shouldn't have been there in the first place. So how about we just fucking leave now that we have destroyed ISIS? Get out of there. And people are like, well, what, well, what happens when ISIS comes back? And it's like, brother, then you're talking about just the complete colonization of an entire region. Because that's that it's either going to happen or we're going to stay there forever. So pick one. So finally, after months, and I've said this a couple of times in the podcast, it takes me months to finally do something. Miguel helped me or had me listen to this podcast blowback. And I know you've mentioned it before on, the, on this podcast. And and I haven't listened to it until recently. Where right when um I read the headline, you know, like Biden bombs Syria or whatever, the US bombs Syria, I was like, first off, the US is not bombing like like Syrian like nationals here potentially. It's or it is Syrian nationals, but what's the fucking dilution of 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 the allegiances in the in in the region here, and it just reminded me of blowback where it's like Americans will go from selling the same group of group weapons and then saying they have these weapons now we have to bomb them, um, and I just don't think that there's ever gonna be at least like in for the majority of our lifetime I don't think that we'll be fully out of the Middle East because we're not fully out of fucking anywhere, and um, I think it was Ross, a uh, good friend of the show, that posted on Instagram or, or Twitter. That showed, or that said, oh, Iran always wants war. Iran always wants war. And then showed a map of where the U.S. bases were in the area. And there were hundreds of bases throughout um, the Middle East. So shout and out like to Ross. literally bunched around the borders of Iran, too. Of course. Of yeah. course. Um, so that they can, you know, you know, essentially, you know, continue with uh, kind of a neo-colonial aspect of, of ruling the Middle East for, you know, the, the benefits of oil. And... It, or, or we can just shoot down Iranian passenger jets with no repercussions. That's the benefit of having a fucking empire, you know? Yeah, and it, it's it's so frustrating where uh, it just hit me that so much of foreign policy, so much of domestic policy that's passed is only passed for 5% of the people. And it's the ruling aristocracy that we have that's able to make money and benefit off of this. And and it just to get really negative very quickly. It, Nick, we're staying positive. Yeah. Um, Cheer up, dude. Well, so pos- in a positive sense, Joe Biden joined the club. In a negative sense, um, we're doomed to um, seeing this country become a ne- neo-colonial. Well, the bombing wasn't shit. bad because it was also done by an Asian American woman. So we have to remember that you know she's well, one she's of, one of them. Well, one of your people. She's uh, Indian, right? She's Indian American. She's, she's Indian. She's American. Indian American, and like she, she bombed. She helped bomb. I don't know. I don't. I mean, she's probably running the shots there. I don't. I can't imagine that it's actually Biden making any of these. According calls. to like, many reports, she's been taking his phone calls since they got in there. So right, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm sure that she was immediately on the fucking phone with Modi, being like, "Hey, just so you know." We're in your area. <laughs> you might see your planes. We're uh, bombing the Middle East again. Well, Joe oh. Biden probably was like, bomb Vietnam, bomb Cambodia. And I was like, no, we're not <laughs> yeah. there anymore. Yeah. yeah, no, Joe, no, Joe. No, no, that's from before. <laughs> no, he's Biden. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it, the, the most annoying thing being online during this is seeing fucking libs just be like, um, it's different this time. It's, it's so nice to have a Democrat bombing the Middle East. Like migrant child overflow facilities. It's the same well, shit. Well, that too, it's Who the same. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. They're like, uh, they're not cages. 
they're living cells, okay? Like, Listen, totally he didn't different. rape Tara Reed, all right? Listen, Neera Tandon, she's good, actually, even though she facilitated all the same... I mean, yeah, whatever. Get a liberal to believe in anything. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, and so it is It is the same shit, and it just goes to show exactly what we fucking said during the primaries and, and during the election is it's the same shit. It's the same shit, but it's a person with a D behind their name doing it this time. He's it's the not same exact shit. It's children in migrant facilities, and people are like, well, the deportation order was blocked by a judge. Okay, then just fucking release them. There you go. Just release the kids. Release them back into the U.S. Like, what are you doing? You're the president of the United States. Why don't you fucking do something? How does the judge giving a thumbs down excuse it? Judges gave Trump thousands of thumbs down, and he was still able to carry out a pretty greatly evil... uh, track record policy wise that joe biden seems to uh not even want to deviate from only difference exactly. is we're being slightly meaner to saudi arabia which i guess is something yeah no but you're right it's like push back but even then when biden said oh no i'm not going to intelligence agencies recently like officially i guess like confirmed that the the murder of jamal khashoggi the was only bad approved. thing that saudi arabia has ever done yeah, was was like approved. Is it Jamal Khashoggi? Is it is Jamal Khashoggi. So. Yeah. Okay. I was like Jamal. That doesn't sound right. I was like, is he from Detroit? Um. Okay. So <laughs> no, he that's uh he got uh I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that Jamal was an Arab name until like now, or like a Muslim name until now. Anyways, he was. It was confirmed that like Mohammed bin Salman, uh, like personally approved the order to murder him and chop up his body in the. Um, what the the consulate in Istanbul was it in? No, that was in Turkey, right? Yeah, in Istanbul. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then literally like put his chopped up body parts in diplomatic bags and like take him back to bury him in the desert of Saudi Arabia somewhere. Uh, just like, and I can make this joke now, Ralphie Cifaretto. I get it. I get it now. You see, <laughs> dude. There we go. By the way, sorry about spoiling. Soprano spoiler. Okay, but he uh. So it was revealed that the 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 leader, basically like the you know quote president as would be like the equivalent I guess here of Saudi Arabia, approved the murder of uh sometimes like U.S. based journalist in the consulate in, in Istanbul, like he personally ordered the murder of a journalist, and when Biden was told about this. His administration decided that they're not going to do anything. They're not going to put sanctions on MBS. They're not going to. They they basically done nothing. They've they've done like a tisk tisk. Like oh, you shouldn't have done that. It's not even a condemnation. Like it's so fucking pathetic. And and to hear libs, they they're defending Biden on bombing Syria whatever they're defending biden on keeping children in cages whatever because the libs don't actually care about uh middle easterners or migrant children right. but they do care about journalists and they're not even fucking mad about this it's like what is it going to take does he have to go out and shoot a fucking post reporter himself for you to get pissed at him i don't know i mean probably not that that'll probably just get another tisk tisk the interests 
I mean, the media is interested whenever one of their own gets capped. So, of course, they were super pissed about it. And then they were, oh, hey, did you know that Saudi Arabia is bad, actually? Um, but even though the media is powerful, they're not as powerful as the forces that are keeping us from being really, really a little bit harsher on uh, on Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, and and their justification is, well, it happened under Trump and Trump didn't do anything. So doing something now it's kind of silly like it's not up it's not biden's responsibility it's in the past, to man it. forget about it's, it it's trump's and it's like if you're saying that biden is just gonna do go along with everything trump decided on then you're admitting that they're the fucking same thing so i why are you standing this guy why, why are you going to bat for a man who's not going to stand up to the fucking cheeto in chief that you decide to design your whole identity around getting him out of office these are also the same fucking people that said, oh, you guys want Bernie Sanders so much, but he's not going to be able to do anything in office. He's not going to get anything passed through this Congress. <laughs> yeah. And, and then all of the things that a president clearly has power to do, Joe Biden has been such, he, he's had no backbone on. And you are you telling me that you think Bernie would be like this fucking, you Beta. know? Yeah, like, like to... To, to all of this, it, it's insane. It's, it's all crazy. excuses. It's all excuses 100%. for Biden. It's all excuses 100%. for Biden and uh, for Bernie. It's why didn't you fix every problem in government as the only independent senator? Like, how did you not figure this out? It's like, I don't, he, what do you mean? Obviously, he couldn't do anything, you fucking morons. Your entire party was against him. It's drives, your fault. You it, just, it just drives idiots. me fucking nuts. But even there are, there are leftists that like I, I've talked to that are like, well, it doesn't really matter that much because Bernie couldn't do that much. He could do so much. The president is the most powerful person in the world. There's so much that the president can operate within our system yeah. and, and actually do. This is fucking insane. And he this argument was so stupid. And he would have gone further on canceling student debt, which Biden just shot down immediately. No. By the way, when he I told have, that um, woman in Milwaukee, uh, not yeah. going to do it. That was the shittiest yeah. fucking thing. But sorry, Nick. I, I you well, so, I mean, that's, oh, my God, that's. I was so fucking annoyed because I have $24,800 that I still owe on my student loans. And I went to UWM. I, I went to the local, like, public university in the city. And, like, it's fucking crippling. It's where everybody tells you to go if you don't want to have really bad student debt. They're like, well, just go to your local public university. That's what he it's, did. It's, it's so... F and Oh, people care about being a teacher. They care about... I was 18. And, I mean, I haven't ruined my brain with alcohol at that point. Um, but I was even dumber, I think. You did uh, just ruin your brain with the vaccine, though, so that's on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I love I love capitalism. Um, but it, it is so frustrating where it's like the actual things that could help the working class, that could help the middle class, that could help basically 90% of this country... Um, Dems won't lift a fucking finger for it. Exactly. And then they shame you for saying that we deserve it. Where they're like, no, but look at Kamala wears shoes that are cool. Like, don't you want that? Like, oh, um, and then they, they call Joe Biden the comforter in chief. Wait, how is he, how is he comforting the woman in the city that I'm from saying there's no fucking way I'll cancel your student debt or, or any part of your student debt? Remember in, in, in Georgia, if you elect two Democratic senators, you get $2,000. You get two thousand fucking dollars, and now it's fourteen hundred if we're lucky. 
Yeah, I fuck don't know you, if we'll Joe ever Biden. See that Honestly, money. let's talk. Get fucked. Let's talk oh, about I'm that so one point nine trillion dollar uh, proposed uh, relief package and what it most curiously did not include, despite. I won't say any promising evidence that they planned on raising the minimum wage with this uh, package, but it was on the table leading up to the election. Of course, there was a lot of rhetoric surrounding that. No hard confirmations, but now they just fucking dropped it. And I mean, like, to be fair to uh, Bo Jiden, it was mostly bombed by moderate Democrats. One day, I think Manchin's on my side because he's dunking on Neera Tandon, but the next, <laughs> yeah. give me a thousand Neera Tandons <laughs> if it means, uh, you know fucking raising the minimum wage even a penny you know who the last president to raise the minimum wage was federally george w bush how about that shit wow it was w oh shit um, bring him back miss me <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but dan but dan don't you know that the entire economy is gonna fail and all the small business the republicans care so much about will close if it's a 15 dollar minimum yeah wage? what about the small businesses what have about we, the small businesses dan have we stopped to think about the small businesses? i will you stop and think out about for them? the small businesses <laughs> i will literally jump off of the prudential for the small businesses it's all for you small businesses it's all for you this the small businesses that don't exist anymore because Republicans replaced them all with fucking Walmart and Amazon. Yeah, what about them? Uh, but yeah, so a Senate parliamentarian who a, a lot of Americans didn't know that that person even existed until, you know, a few days ago. Uh, she ruled that raising the minimum wage, which was supported by the administration they they did want to include it uh and and you had bernie sanders really pushing for it and i believe he controls the committee that it had to go through so they were like oh yeah it's for sure gonna be in the bill it's not gonna be in the bill because the senate parliamentarian who is just the rules person it's a rules person who makes advisory uh opinions to the 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 leaders the leader of the senate and the president of the senate yeah, there's the, no actual power that the, the parliamentarian they has, have correct? no power they serve at the pleasure of the senate majority leader who's a democrat chuck schumer and they can be overruled by the president of the senate who's the vice president kamala harris she's too busy bombing syria and well yeah she was she was a little preoccupied so the senate parliamentarian made this ruling and democrats immediately said Oh, we accept the ruling. We're not going to include it in the bill. Sorry, guys. Hands are tied. Yeah. So there's there's two there's two lines of thought here. One is the obvious one, which is that they never actually wanted it. So they're not going to overrule her because they, they never wanted it anyway. So this is a convenient excuse. It's an easy out. The other is also kind of a convenient excuse, which is that it wasn't supported by uh, Senator Cinema and Manchin of Arizona and West Virginia, respectively. And so... There wasn't really any point in doing it because you might end up with the bill failing and then having to remove it and try it again. And while I I do understand that you do have conservative Democratic senators, the fact is, is that if if two of your senators decide to vote against a bill that is going to give $1,400 to every one of their constituents— that's that's kind of on them at that point. And and if you think that they're going to basically veto this bill and not let it pass simply because they don't want to raise minimum wage, which will help a lot of their constituents, uh, then I think you're fucking stupid. Because 
they know, as well as we know, that the immediate material benefit of $1,400 will outweigh any anger or frustration that people get over a $15 minimum wage interest over a period of, like, what, like, five, five years. years? Like, come on. Stand up for something. And if you're that bothered by it, then go and give some fucking speeches in West Virginia. Go and give some speeches in Arizona. Do a nationally televised address. Only the president can do that anytime he fucking wants. And instead of actually pushing for this shit, they took the Senate parliamentarian's decision, which I wouldn't be surprised if the Senate parliamentarian was told by Schumer or by Harris, hey, 100%. nix it, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, like, um, she's actually fired because you can just do that, or actually, like Harris said, it doesn't violate the rules and you're wrong, instead of doing that, they decided to say, you know what, we'll, we'll go after it some other time when we need 60 votes, which we know we will not possibly fucking get because we could barely scrape 50 with 50 of our own senators. It's fucking pathetic. And this is something that the administration is not willing to go to bat for at the same fucking time as they're going to bat for Nira fucking Tandon as the, as the head of the OMB. It's pathetic. Like, these people are fucking pathetic. They do not deserve your support. They do not deserve your money. And they don't deserve your fucking vote. So, in the next election, I don't know. I'm done. Like, I'm so fucking sick of it. Because we all said this would happen and we had leftist friends that were even on the podcast say no come on there is a difference between trump and biden let's be honest there's fucking none he's doing everything we said he would when we said that we weren't going to vote for him he and he's doing everything that he said he would i don't know what possible justification after just the first month of this fucking pathetic presidency you can have to justify voting for another fucking Democrat for president. They're fucking losers. I mean, they are losers, but, you know, the hate to hate to sound like a lib, but I mean, there are some differences between Biden and Trump, right? I mean, they're none of them policy wise. It's I mean, it's all rhetorical culture war bullshit. But like, to the extent that that matters. Exactly, but we're not, I'm not, I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit about rhetorical culture war. I'm not a fucking moron. I have a developed frontal lobe. So I want to see actual policy. And if I don't see that, then why the fuck am I getting involved in this at all? I mean, okay. That's what makes a difference in people's lives. It depends on how far you count riling up the hogs to be something of any sort of significance. Because we know when those types get a little too excited, you know, people start to die. Uh, But I mean, other than that, um, I mean, I I got a lot of heat from some of our uh, fan base. Love you guys. But um, for saying that the raid on the Capitol wasn't really that big of a deal. And I don't think anyone fucking remembers that shit. So... Well, but but also let's be honest, like if if you're supporting somebody like kind of if funny. you're supporting somebody like Joe Biden, then you're supporting a healthcare system that kills tens of thousands of people unnecessarily every year. And if you're going to draw the line at a few people who get shot at protests by crazy conservatives because Trump has riled them up, then you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry, but I I that's not my focus. My focus is not on the four people who got killed over the summer at protests. 
I, I mean, call me callous, but I don't fucking care. My focus is on the, but my focus is on the millions of people who don't have health care and the tens of thousands of people who fucking die from not having health care. No, uh, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm, I, I will say that I think those four people do make enough of a significant difference that you can say they're not the exact same. But I mean, policy wise, we'll fucking see. That's fair. I think you're playing at the margins there, but I understand what you're saying. But I think that what what Dan's trying to have some sort of response to what you said, and and I was also trying to think of one too, Dan, um, because like I, like I I completely agree with you, Miguel. Like like the amount of people that die and have to suffer, um, and and live in destitution because of policy failures in this country. Like you, you can, but I think you can only scream at the top of the mountain so long about it until it's just like you just have to do what every every leftist movement did before us and just kind of go, well, fuck it, we can't do anything. And 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 I do feel like when you brought up the notion that a second Donald Trump term would be better for the left than a than a Biden term, I'm already starting to see that. Not saying that. Okay, hey, I wish Donald Trump was back in abusing the power that he did, you know, as president. But I, f- I feel like this 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 first month of of Biden's presidency, that point that you brought up nearly a year ago, Miguel, rings more true than ever because because I can see this kind of thing killing a leftist movement. I hope it doesn't because I hope there's podcasts like us, not saying that we we are people that that, that really deserve to um like spew our opinion um but if you enjoy hearing it and think about it that that leftist fervor can't die and and that's what i worry about a little bit where you just get fed up um and bummed out and i mean another possible silver lining to biden is that maybe now we won't be potentially pumping billions of dollars into space force that's. I mean, I haven't heard Biden talk about Space Force. That's kind of a relief. I feel like he probably still but, uh, will, no, though. he did say he did say he's going to keep Space. Oh Force. God damn it! This fucker. Yeah. This fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's you it. old that's bitch. The line. Come to my house and let me slap you in the cheek. <laughs> yeah. It won't be that uh, hard. I don't, don't want to d- break your neck. I don't want to cause any violence. I just want to give you a little tut tut. Get over here, Joe. Uh, but I guess who are we to think that two hundred plus years of. Uh, this system would be changed uh, in 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 one in one movement from 2016. We on. were the fools after all. We are the fools. And by the way, we would like to announce <laughs> this is the last podcast of Case on the Couch. Uh, we're actually ending. Oh, Miguel jumped off the mountain. We're he just he just jumped. He look oh he just jumped off the mountain. We're retiring because we've been right too much. I'm still falling from the top of the Prudential Building. When I said I was going to jump, I did. I'm still falling. It's very windy. It's very cold. This is a very quality uh, microphone. It's not picking up any so background noise. I do want to, to to wrap up. I want to briefly talk about how fucking funny it is that Neera Tandon is not going to get confirmed as, as a member of Biden's cabinet. <laughs> Ma'am, you've been owned. This is what you get for fucking with Bernie. She, if you if you don't know much about Neera Tandon, which is understandable because I wish I didn't is just Google Neera Tandon deleted tweets. And you'll see once yeah. she was once she was named as a nominee for her cabinet post, she deleted what it was like it was an insane it was like ten thousand tweets. She deleted so many fucking tweets, including ones where she implied that Bernie is a Russian asset 
who was sent to destroy the country. I mean, that's like, why I voted for him. She's a <laughs> right. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I wish that was true. Uh, but she she's a fucking nut. She's the worst type of lib. She basically made the right relationships with the worst kinds of people, namely the Clintons, and she's been riding that her entire career. She's an idiot. All she can do is fundraise. She's not a policy expert. She does not deserve to be in any fucking cabinet at all. She would have been unqualified for even Trump's cabinet. She's a fucking moron. And at her confirmation hearing, she was called out by Republicans because the committee that was doing the hearings is now chaired by Bernie Sanders. So it's kind of stupid that Biden decided to name her to a post that went through Bernie's committee. <laughs> yeah. But that's what happened. And Bernie, I, I wish that he would have gone after her, but he didn't. He was basically just like, they were tweets, I don't care. Republicans were not willing to give her that credit. They they went very much after her and said, like, you have said some very, very insulting things about Bernie Sanders, who we love. <laughs> like, how dare you? Well, that, that one, we're like, you've called, it's it like some Southern center. Maybe it wasn't, and I'm just putting, like, a Southern accent in my mind. But it was, it was like, it was a senator that was like. You know, it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets. And it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. I mean, you call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not, that is not true. And when, is that like a diet office reference? Maybe it seems like it is. A, it seems like it is right. Like he has to be talking about Dwight, you ignorant slut. Because I feel like ignorant slut wasn't like a a normal no, insult, which is why it was such a memorable program. line from the right. show. Yeah, and so it's it's fantastic. And so Joe Manchin said that he was going to vote against her confirmation, which doomed it right then because she didn't have 50 votes it got worse because democrats initially were relying on susan collins and mitt romney and both of them said actually no we're also not going to vote for her so her nomination is probably doomed the biden administration is totally backing her and they're they're not withdrawing the nomination they're going they're like really putting a lot of pressure on like mansion and others to confirm her and I really don't see the logic there because she is just like a piece of shit. And she has said really, really wrong, like just incorrect and just rude things about so many members of Congress, including progressives and Democrats, that it's it, at this point, just pull the fucking plug. But it's just it's another person of color that that um, the white man is yeah. is keeping from a job. They're trying to yeah. keep her from being a CIWOC. They don't want her to go the way of the white <laughs> fragility author. Yeah. Well, well, they're like, they're like, uh, didn't Trump say worse things? And it's like, Trump wasn't confirmed by the Senate. Like, what are you talking about? First of all, Trump was elected president. I they mean, had no choice. <laughs> like, you know you who did get confirmed by the Senate, who all this kind of reminds me of, but obviously... Um, Cut that time, but I said, obviously, there's nothing obvious about this. This reminds me of the Brett, Brett Kavanaugh confirmation mm -hmm. a little bit in that, like, I was gonna after say, all so this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
No, after all this horrible shit came out about Kavanaugh, uh, everyone was like, oh, man, the Republicans have got to pull the plug now. This is in front of the Senate. Uh, but all they did was double down, double down, double down on no, we're keeping him and we're keeping him. And now he's sitting on the Supreme Court. I don't think I think Kavanaugh's chances were looking better at this point than near Tandon's are. And I don't think near Tandon is as important to the overall Democratic uh, project uh as getting Kavanaugh on the supreme court is so like whatever this is just kind of like near tandon getting owned publicly which is fantastic the other thing i'll say is like even beyond the tweets which no one in, in the senate could get her on this because they all share the same fucking interests but beyond the tweets what the center for american progress does it's basically just money laundering for the middle east like that should disqualify you from the beginning but yeah. whatever and, and i nira, mean nira was nira was the the director of the center for american like Progress. you said all she can so fucking do is yeah. uh fundraise which is why i am proud to announce very uh breaking news uh here from the couch uh congratulations to the next omb chairman charlotte climber you did it <laughs> you did it, girl. we're all so wow. proud of you the first trans woman. No, if anything, she'll she'll be named like Secretary of Defense. Where she's <laughs> I like, mean, finally, I, I, we have a trans woman bombing the Middle East. This is what we need. That's the next. That's the next rung on the ladder. But I really like the idea of the OMB just being an office for women who posted their way to notoriety, uh, gained some sort of liberal credo through that. But then when they get there, they're just forced to reckon with the shit they say <laughs> online. None of the shit they do before. <laughs> <laughs> but all this shit they say online like that's that's just funny to me let's give the omb senate confirmation hearing to a different twitter lib every month and just give him a thumbs down every month and let the omb yes. just die or, and let bernie run or, it or we should give it to every single celebrity that's saying on that imagine video and just have them sift through <laughs> one at a time <laughs> kristen wig yeah so that it's we on can site girl them. No, I, I want the I want the Krasensteins running the fucking OMB next. I want the uh, Krasensteins to run the military. Let's I want do them it. Back. I want them to I want every troop to look like the Krasensteins and sound like them and have all their opinions. I will say to wrap up here, since you brought up Kavanaugh, that was that was a good that was a good transition. You didn't even know you were doing it. Kavanaugh was accused of a uh, sexual impropriety. I honestly don't remember what the exact ac- accusation was, so I don't want to misspeak. Sexual impropriety. I feel like I rape is or it, sexual assault is just like a just like a good assault? umbrella. Okay. It was something, whatever it was. He was accused of it, and it was from when he was like, what, like high school, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. I think there were it's more minor ones, but the one that everyone focused on was uh, yeah. was when right. he was in high school. Yeah, so Ugh. not an excuse. I'm totally comfortable with not allowing anybody who rapes somebody at age 17 be on the Supreme Court. But I do want to say it's interesting seeing the dichotomy or, yeah, the difference in the reaction between that accusation and the current accusations against one Governor Cuomo in New York, who a lot of libs are coming to his defense saying like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hey, he made some weird comments. He implied some weird things. He forced a kiss upon one woman. He possibly assaulted another. He threatened a member of the New York State House if he didn't support him. 
But hey, wait, wait, come on. Hey. Why are you being mean to the guy that murdered a bunch of New York elderly people? Hmm? Right. What's the greater good here? Sure, he lied about how many people were dying of COVID and then did a vanity project of going on TV every fucking day and talking about how great they were doing while thousands were dying. But let's also remember that he's the son of Mario Cuomo and he's the brother of Chris Cuomo and they're a fucking dynasty and they're Democrats. So we should protect them. Did you guys see there's a video? It's from like ages ago, I'm sure. But uh, Cuomo and his family are at like a restaurant and there's a Yo. reporter. Uh, Nick already knows where I'm going with this. There's a oh, reporter uh, with a camera and the camera is just like zoomed in on Cuomo. And you can tell they're like trying to get like some sort of interview with him. And he like signals a waiter and like points at the uh, ostensibly attractive female reporter. I didn't really see her, but, you know, and she, he, she, uh, the waiter hands her a plate of sausage and she's like, thank you. And he goes, I want to see you eat the whole sausage. I want to see you eat the whole sausage. And it's like, you fucking creep, oh you weirdo. God. He was literally harassing her in front of an entire audience of people. Like, what the fuck? But I don't he, think In front of been... his daughter. His daughter was there. But he's, he's a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's Italian. <laughs> goddamn Italians. Those goddamn Italians. We can't get mad at them. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, stop trying to Al Franken Andrew Cuomo. And it's like, I remember when Franken was facing those accusations. Every fucking liberal was cheering on him stepping down. Everyone wanted him to resign. What's different about Cuomo? What's different? He's worse. Give me a thousand Al Frankens before you give me one fucking Absolutely. Cuomo. Al Franken is nothing compared to Cuomo. We all know that Cuomo is a fucking scumbag. He's only governor because his dad was. Like, he's fucking, he's a piece of shit. And Franken's a, you know, he's a SNL liberal dipshit to be sure, but those guys. He's ostensibly much more progressive yes, yes. than a Cuomo type, right? So, right. like, there was some, there was some, like, loss in getting rid of him because he was tremendously popular. And every liberal was cheering it on. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, to, to end the podcast here, first off, you know what's so dumb is, that, like, I'm a little. I'm a little, I'm a little drunk now. Like, and I was listening to you talk about Brett Kavanaugh. I was like, when did Brett Kavanaugh get Italian? Not realizing you transitioned to talking about Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's like, transracial. He's like Rachel Dolezal, but from Irish to Italian. <laughs> Brett Brett Cavanaughty. That's his they're name. They're both Catholic, so I guess Brett it's Cavanaughty. <laughs> Brett Cavanaughty. Yeah. Um, you come to me today yeah. on, on the day of my son's Supreme Court confirmation. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> um. Two things is, we mentioned it one time in our crossover episode, but we didn't get to revel in it that much. But how fucking tight is the Rush Limbaugh died? We barely, get to we barely talked about Owned. that. So, so um, it, but we owe him all of the credit because we're talking into microphones and he did before us. So, um, he, thank you, uh, uh, Father. And um, Standing second, on the uh, Madison Cawthorn. Madison Carthorn still sucks, and we called it out before fucking everyone. Oh, that's true. It was revealed so, that he lied about being left in the <laughs> car wreckage after the crash because his best friend was like, I dragged him out of the fiery vehicle. And Madison gave a speech where he said he was left for dead. He was left for dead. <laughs> He's so dramatic. Um, but also, yeah, for sure, like, like rest in hell, Rush Limbaugh, you fucking piece of sh i'm so yeah. glad you're dead Subhuman i hope your bastard. family also goes to hell just for having anything to do with your it still puts ass. a smile on my face you are such a piece of rush shit. limbaugh i i hope it hurt really really bad i'm glad he died <laughs> young 
And with yeah. that, bye everyone. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>